Who do you think Arnold is? Well, I've got a theory. Could be Bernard. A robot Bernard. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. Could be Dolores. He hid himself inside a massive robot mind. Yes, I've got a theory. We should podcast fast. Every week, a new hot take. We cannot take them back. Welcome to Westworld Theories, where we discuss the latest and greatest in the world of Westworld. Uh, This time we're talking about episodes five and six of season three. And I'm kind of wondering if we're going to have a bit of a a, a shift, a bit of a shift uh, that we often have where I'm very positive at the start and Jim's very negative and then we turn things around. Who knows? Either way, my name's Jacob Burrows and I'm here to talk about Westworld. And I'm Jim Scampoli, and I'm just high as fuck, uh, living off those those designer futuristic drugs that I like Ooh. to call movies and TV shows. <laughs> what genre are you in, bro? Oh, man, who's to even say? Mm. I mean, and honestly, no. who's to even say towards the latter half of that episode what genre we're in? No clue. No clue. Now, uh, what I was alluding to was in when we've discussed shows like Mr. Robot, Game of Thrones, Legion, I feel like I've often come in quite positive at the start and then gotten soured and bitter as a season progresses, whereas you've come in negative and then you've often gone like, yeah, I expected it to be shit. So, you know, this is about as fine as I thought it would be. Are we seeing that now? Because I will admit I'm not very uh, hyped on Westworld right now. Uh, we're, I guess we're kind of seeing that. I mean, partially it's because my um, my expectations were set a certain way because I had not watched these episodes yet, and Jacob was already like, oh, this show sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sorry to peek, uh, <laughs> give you a, a glimpse behind the curtain, everybody, but I, I thought episode five sucked uh, a lot. Yeah, the episode five, genre, directed by Anna Forster and written by Carrie Krause and Jonathan Nolan. Um, eh, I mean, we're going to go cover both that and what Decoherence, directed by Jennifer Getzinger and written by Suzanne Rubel and Lisa Joy. Um, the thing is, although I'm not like, I'm not like high on them either. So maybe it is kind of exactly what you're saying. Uh, mm. But I guess it's because you were like. Yeah, I'm not feeling this episode that I was kind of waiting for, or maybe I was just expecting a little bit more to it, which in a weird way helped, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) But there's definitely some issues. I mean, I don't know if we're jumping right into it yet or not, but like, well, actually, you know what, first, before I say anything, explain what really rubbed you the wrong way. Right, so episode five, uh, genre, if you're listening back to this, it's the one where Aaron Paul does drugs accidentally. And shifts between a bunch of genres, uh, kind of. Um, Now, so, like, the content of the episode isn't that bad in itself, necessarily. So that's probably why it seemed like you were expecting something to be worse than it was. I just kind of felt like it made it clear to me what Westworld is. And I didn't like what it is, you know. And uh, I, I, you know, we have a Westworld podcast. I'm afraid I might abstain from season four whenever that comes out in three or four years because i don't want to have a podcast where i just talk shit about a show so uh sorry everyone who if this is your favorite show and you're loving it um but i i might not be super positive on it uh 
it says online that uh, genre has been a polarizing episode. Some people think it's one of the strongest episodes and others think it's one of the worst. The reason it falls into the latter category for me is more that it's totally irrelevant that Aaron Paul is high throughout the whole yes, episode. Yeah. It is only there to make a chase and a whole sequence that isn't interesting enough to give it some future cyberpunk spice. So he gets this accidental drug, and it even seems to be hinting at first that it might help him have some flashbacks or realize something about you know his army days. And in, co- in combination with the other storyline, which isn't that bad, where we find out more about the robot brain running the world and all of that, and the two brothers, uh, like I thought there'd be some sort of tying together there of maybe what's going on. But no, Aaron Paul's just high as fuck, and he. <laughs> couldn't be high on regular drugs it's just so that the show itself can shift and go into like black and white noir or whatever because that's what this drug does which i don't mind as a concept it just adds absolutely nothing to the plot of the episode except aaron paul's a bit sweaty and we play like jazz over it and then we and then we make the lights pulsate because it's not interesting enough what's going on so we need to throw this shit on top of it i really thought they were going to reconnect it somehow so maybe i'm i'm overreacting just based on the content of the episode it was just kind of like ah you're you're doing this because the story's not good enough you're just spackling this shit on top no, I think I think that's uh, that's a great criticism, and I think people will be hard pressed to really argue it. Because um, mm. yeah, my issue with it too. I mean, because that spells it out more, and and I completely agree with what you're saying. Because I look at it as I was speaking on this show that I wanted more fun, and like it feels like it is trying to give me more fun, but the problem is that the show is not fun. So. <laughs> even when they try to give you fun it doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't work and uh yeah you're right it just comes off as just a gimmick it's not like you know in like buffy or something when they could do a musical episode or do a silent episode or a dream episode and in my opinion everything's weaved in perfectly and it serves the characters and it serves the story uh and it just kind of just kind of happens and you think to yourself, like, hey, when I make a TV show, I'm going to do cool stuff like that on my show. And then I guess you're right. Like, this is an example of someone being like, well, what if we did this cool thing? And then it doesn't amount to much. There's some yeah. fun moments. I think it's fun. Like, the black and white noir stuff is uh, really stupid because it's like we either have to be in his point of view or not in his point of view. Yes. We can't. No, I, it's, to yeah. cut you off, I, yeah. I wanted to add, like, right before he gets the drugs, right? Uh, there's so. The electro music playing is so intense that it's kind of distracting from the scene for me. There's like a heartbeat, like, don't, 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 before he gets any drugs. It's just yeah. standard Westworld backdrop. And we continue with that throughout, where we shift in and out of his perspective. But even when we're outside his perspective, we're still playing dramatic music because <laughs> yeah. that's the world of Westworld. So maybe have everything be silent except when we're in his uh, hallucination or to stay in his point of view like you said yeah and i think to i think they do do subtle things but you're right because i think they do pump it up a little bit more when it's him and then they like they try to make it like the music's weaving in and out but it's not enough in my opinion and especially it's just distracting when it's going to black and white when he's in the shot but then sometimes he's in the shot and it's not black and white again because I get it. It's because we're not always in his perspective. And maybe they were just confused that 
since this show is such a show that deals with reality and what's real and what isn't, that is that if we were always in his point of view, at the end of the episode, we'd be like, well, did any of that happen? Which I yeah. guess is fair, but that's kind of their bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. There's a lot of s- small things to call out, like Dolores just giving him a huge rifle when he looks high as fuck. <laughs> like He's clearly not going to do anything good with it. And I would also have liked if there was more of like the genres actually being in any way significant or important to what's happening like noir films aren't necessarily known for big shootouts and car chases yeah so maybe if he like even if it was something silly like oh he starts talking like an old school detective or whatever at least then he's acting now he's just he he all of these would look exactly the same when you're shooting them because he's always like what the fuck yeah and then it's different stuff on top if it like goes into his brain and like ah no he he thinks he's a detective now we got to deal with this shit for a while but then he accidentally cracks some part of the case or whatever i don't know uh but none of that's in there he's just high and we throw different filters on it (laughs) yeah i mean i guess to be fair they switch to action as we get although it's still kind of it's still noir when it's the car chase and then it kind of switches to action but you're right it's like it's a clumsy thing the remote the remote rocket's super fun and i was like this is cool but then that's when i was thinking but like westworld positions itself too much up its own ass to have fun that it just i don't know it doesn't fit as well as they wanted to and i guess to them they were thinking about well using this genre stuff we can have fun with this uh but it doesn't quite work and then it starts to get really murky on the genres anyways uh oh yeah i have no idea for a lot of it what because he's just sometimes not high and that's when it's switching genres maybe and he's in like romance for two seconds looking at dolores like maybe go somewhere with that since he is obviously infatuated with her and you could go a little somewhere with that before he finds out she's a robot and that but no no yeah i mean they play the shining music on the beach which I have to admit, I turn into that stupid guy where I'm like, the thing, I recognize the thing. And I got all excited when I'm because I love The Shining and I'm like, oh, my God, The Shining music. And then I even have to have a moment of myself where I'm like, come on, self, don't do that. Uh, I mean, but but again, going back to your point, it's not even that different from Westworld, though, because a scene before they're playing ground control to Major Tom in their Westworld thing. And, you know, yeah. we talked about how a week or two ago they're playing The weekend. So if this was like something that only came in because we're in genre and now they're doing Westworld versions of music, it would be like, oh, shit, this is a stylistic choice that's playing into the uh, genre drug. But it's like, no, th- is this just a Westworld shining choice or is this a drug choice to point that we're getting into horror, which even again is not really horror. I guess it kind of is. And then there's the whole thing where Marshawn Lynch uh, says, watch out for that last act. And I don't feel oh, yeah. like anything really happens. I mean, something happens, but I, is it the drug? Uh, not really. It's kind of the drug, I guess, when, you know, they, they kill uh, uh, Dennehy Jr. And he's saying, who does, I, who does he think I am? And again, like... They're still playing with, I guess the big mystery they want to play with is this whole Kid Cudi-Aaron Paul relationship, which now I guess we're getting some clarity that, I don't know, he killed his own friend or something and they wiped his memory. What what do you glean from what's happening here? I I don't know. And it's, I I feel like I should have looked more into that part of things, but I I kind of stopped caring a little bit. I'm sorry. No, it's Uh, 
Because it's like you're trying, like you're not giving me, you're giving me loads of information about other shit that I already understand, like how this data stuff works and everything. There's loads of information on that, which seems like we could just assume. But then on this, you're trying to string us along to keep us interested. But it's just, I'll, I'll just wait until they tell me outright what's going on on that front. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree that like watch out for that last act. And I think maybe what that was supposed to be is when he gets off the train station and he's like whoa what genre is this and they're yeah. like it's real life baby and i thought may- maybe that was it but then like we the viewer never thought that was because he was high we knew that was happening like i assumed they'd send it to the whole world even before there's the reveal that no it wasn't just the train station it was everyone like i just assumed that's what dolores would do so it was never like oh my god no, i agree uh, yeah i never because when they explained that i was like yeah was there a question that it wasn't everyone because i thought from yeah. the from the jump that they were releasing the information. I mean, it is a pretty big, pretty big plot happenings here where they, I mean, and again, like, I don't even quite understand how they did it. Cause I thought the whole thing was, they didn't understand how Rehu bomb works or I guess Dennehy jr. Didn't, but they were still well, able to use his blood to get into it or into the system. It's such a convoluted thing. But at the end of the day, all we need to know is that they got everyone's file out to the people. Well, I guess I followed it in that uh, I assumed they uh, they don't know how it works, but it, they can still read like the data from it. So he, uh, I think okay. he says at some point, like, he only has read access, so they can't fuck up uh, gotcha. the system. But she's like, no, nah, no problem. We'll be able to read all of the data and download it and send it to everyone. Um, and that's what Bernard... But, and other Dolores is doing as well. And also, I mean, is this too much? Am I being too much of a nitpicker here to think that maybe every single person wouldn't get bad news? <laughs> like, like there's not. <laughs> there couldn't have been one guy like, oh shit, I'm gonna get that promotion. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, I understand that the whole idea is that it does. It starts to bleed chaos because we're you know throwing this into everyone's finely tuned world, your secrets are out or whatever. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like a couple people are like, yeah, oh, man, this is great. <laughs> or at least go like, yeah, that's about what I expected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, somebody... <laughs> yeah, it would be either good to kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. I guess I live till I'm 70 with my family. Uh, I don't think every single person would be like, drug addiction, suicide, child death. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess those are the people responsibly staying at home, and then there's other people <laughs> looting in the street, uh, much like in real life. Um, yeah. It could be, uh, I mean, maybe it's the whole 1% thing where, I, I don't know, maybe, some, maybe there's enough bad things that happen in all of our lives that whatever big bad thing is listed as the next thing happening to you is what you would focus on anyway. You'd hardly be able to take it in and go like, yeah, all right, the next 10 years are going to suck, but in 20 years, I'll have a fucking pension. Like, <laughs> So maybe everyone's just focusing on the bad. But yeah, it does seem like what we're going for is like we've built a sort of idyllic world where everyone kind of knows their place and it works like clockwork and we're trying to rebuild the environment by, I don't know, having plants on our skyscrapers or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing something like that in uh, yes, episode one. Yep. Um, we're trying to do all this and now this is going to cause like... It, we're doing that by 
tricking everyone into accepting a lower lot in life than is than what they deserve. And this sounds a lot like the American dream just in general uh, to me from the outside, or I guess suppose any capitalist dream uh, of like, just keep working and you'll be fine. And then everyone finds out that they're not going to be fine. Yeah. If I can get political. <laughs> although it's like, although, but they hint that there is more of an authoritarian thing going around because... I mean, I know it says like, or they've mentioned it too with Aaron Paul's character, and it's shown in one of these person's things, like approved for childbirth or whatever. But like, is that something you don't know? Is that a surprise on if you're approved to have a kid or not? Uh, I mean, I, I, this is more specifics that they only mm. hint at, but because that's why I, I was in, I was wondering when people get that information, are they like, what? I'm not approved to have a child. Or they're like, oh, that's why I'm not approved to have a child. Oh, uh, I, th I assumed it was like they have a lot of illusion of freedom. Um, yeah. So that the whole approval for a child thing would be like a weird, uh, really weird thing to get in your text where it's like, oh, no, we've been sterilizing you through your... So, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. That's, that makes more sense. So it is something yeah. where it's like, it's, it's not a... It's like an undercurrent. But then again, I guess... At par for the course for Westworld, where it feels like they rebuild the show every year, because I think in in the first season it was like hinted that the real world was like shit for everyone except these like rich people that are coming to Westworld, because uh, that's what we thought like they were on the moon or <laughs> whatever the fuck. I still, I still think they're on the moon, but go on. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It just seems like then they kind of had to like rebuild that a little bit, where it's like, okay, well, no, 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 it's more like how we live now there's just a secret uh robot ball sack that uh controls all of our destinies and doesn't someone call it a ball sack yeah i think uh uh senior i think he calls it a ball sack at one point nice yeah i kind of like his character because he's kind of like <laughs> calling them idiots yeah. and like and uh, your man's brother is like saying that uh we got to kill him and he's literally just looking to make money off his investment which is a very uh understandable motivation for him a douchebag businessman kind of respect it yeah and actually backing up real quick i guess it is to your point that it's all kind of relative because we see Karen Miller gets news that she has early onset Alzheimer's. Maria Davis sees that her daughter is going to kill herself. But the first guy we see is Terrence Danvers. And it's like, his coworkers say he's flaky, loud, and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, devastated. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Nicholas doesn't like me? <laughs> what the fuck? And it's uh, like, you look at that guy. You saw him in the background of the shots beforehand. Look at this well-put-together businessman. Nope, his, his co-workers think he's flaky. He's loud. He's, un, he's, he's definitely not up for that promotion. Great. Uh, yeah, so um, they shoot the guy, and the guy dies, and Aaron Paul has these flashes, as, as I was talking about at the start, like, what, what's going on? Who does he... Whatever. He does, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about his past anymore because it's all, you know, up in the air. But they do talk about, like... So the other storyline where they develop the whole robot ball sack and all that, it's kind of interesting in that we see the different motivations that go into it. Like, making money is a very short-term thinking because we can actually control people. And do we understand... Like, do, do you... Un how do you understand all of this stuff with people being locked up? Uh, are all the people locked up just 
people who are on the fringes of society and therefore make weird choices or like these are people who the system can't understand is that why they're being put away or are they just clinically insane and that's the problem yeah that's how i read it was a little of both it was just kind of people it was like the dregs of society it's like it's like you know how we uh the how we ignore like homeless people stuff like that like yeah. oh let's move these people out of the way the thing is this would be so much more powerful and this is going back to a point you had already made if Serac wasn't a fucking maniac himself yeah that just gets pleasure off of murdering people uh yeah. where if if it seemed like he was more of a guy that really believed i mean i guess he still believes in what he's doing but if it came off more as a genuine thing that he thinks he's helping the world, I guess you can argue that over time of like being being like an algorithm himself, taking a life isn't a big deal because he understands the greater good. But the scenes where he kills someone is always played off as like this pleasurable thing or like, I don't know. It's it, or even I guess this is the episode that has where he does his like speaking to the Brazilian president or whatever it was. He he seems to take too much pleasure in doing his villainy that yeah. it undercuts some of this backstory where I think it would be a much more powerful villain if it felt like he was more right and we could side with him more. And then yeah. it would be more of a conundrum like, well, who do we side with? Because Dolores, as we know, is like, she is a victim that we want to root for, but she also is like mean to Maeve and like to other hosts and stuff like that. So we're a little questionable sometimes. So I don't know. I wish they, I wish they kept it a little murkier and I think it would have helped, uh, some of this backstory where we're going through his whole life. And since you thought it was bad, I was totally expecting his brother not to exist from the way it was shot at first, yeah. because when he <laughs> walks in and he's like, we should just kill this guy. And it seems like no one reacts to another man walking into the scene. So I'm like, Oh shit, this guy don't exist. <laughs> I guess he does exist, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, obviously I agree. Cause you were uh, repeating my point, but even better, you were enhancing it. And I think, especially true in this episode where we see him like you know lock up all these people i think he talks about sending them off to war so that that's so that like the war can handle these people which is interesting if he is in control of so much does he keep wars going just to get rid of <clears throat> difficult people uh yeah <laughs> or what um and then he also kills the guy at the airplane and again it's kind of like ah like a vicious sort of i'm he's so convinced he's right that he doesn't feel like I would love to see him feel bad about the murders he does, you know? Yeah. Uh, and go like, shit. Well, at least if I look at the algorithm, I, 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 the data says I made the right choice, but I don't feel like it. No, he's, he's just super villain. He's just really, I need to be the villain, which, you know, is fine, but maybe not for a show that tries to have so much nuance where it's like, you're all, you're trying to be about how it's complicated to make these kinds of decisions about consciousness and what is right and the greater good, but you have to have a mustache twirling villain. Why couldn't he be a, a bit more sympathetic? I think it would have done a lot for this uh, season. Yeah. Or at the very least, if we didn't have him murdering people in the previous four episodes, it would have maybe seemed like more of an impact when he yeah. does bash that dude's face into the, the plane and it would be like, oh shit, uh, that's what this guy's all about. Like it was very similar to how they're like, wait, Dolores, you sent this to everyone. It's like, yeah, we know he's going to kill this guy. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. question. I mean, I, I, the <laughs> yeah. only question is cause the guy's like, no, the machine said you wouldn't do it. 
And it's like, okay. And I mean, I guess, are they, is it because he's an agent of the system that the system doesn't mark him <clears throat> as an anomaly? Or is he purposely ignoring himself being marked? Like, I, I, is that even a question? Is that something they'll explore? I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I thought it would be like, because the the ball sack doesn't give us one future. It gives us many, like it gives, it was basically like, what future would you want to see? And then we give the input that leads to the future that we want sort of thing. Yeah. And I, what I was supposing was the people who are like outliers are the ones who prevent them from getting to the future that they want by inputting their inputs. So since he's in control basically he can't be an anomaly because he's the one saying we want this to be what happens uh so he's always doing the will of the robot god which sounds like a weird sentence but it's basically what's happening yeah for sure and yeah i mean i guess that that works it's just fine whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah whatever um so I guess uh, let's get into the next episode, episode six, which I did. I did enjoy this one more um, uh, by the end of it. How did you feel about episode six? Um, yeah, yeah, it was fine. I kind of feel like we should be done with Charlotte. But I mean, and I was like, ah, fuck, oh, we're done with Charlotte. And I was like, oh, no, we ain't. Um, so, but I guess that's going to bring in an interesting thing of like the rogue Dolores coming back for some sort of revenge and how she's different. Mostly, mm. I guess it's because I don't like uh, that actress <laughs> really mm. at all. But I was kind of like, oh, sweet. We're going to be done with Charlotte. But no, we're not done with Charlotte. Um, uh, yeah, I felt differently. <clears throat> just in je- I think it was literally just I didn't like a lot of the episode. But then when the action happened, it felt uh, way better for me anyway than all the action in genre, which is just like, is this even happening? I don't even know. And when Charlotte Hale is going around the Delos HQ, shooting people and fighting people, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I don't mind this. Yeah, the action on this show's always been pretty sus, that's for sure. Like, I, I'm kind of surprised because it's got such high production value and it looks really great, but the action has always kind of been off. Uh, I mean, especially this season. Uh, but, I mean, I guess backing up a bit i mean we got i'm a little i'm rolling my eyes a bit when mave is back in her uh war world yeah and i guess because now it, this is kind of the the reboot phase this is her reboot land that she goes to i guess as they're powering back up although i guess they are back on the um are they back on the island on this well, the island <laughs> are they back on the moon <laughs> Are they back? Uh, the- <laughs> they do. They do make a couple ventures to Westworld because they have to get some bodies and burn up the rest, right? Uh, yeah, but the whole—that's uh, true. But the whole simulation <laughs> is not. Yeah, done from there. It's just in so the system. Not, yeah, yeah. But they are in the they are in the Delos HQ, I guess, uh, because obviously Charlotte Hale's uh, running in there, taking their brain orbs and so on and so forth. And I mean, we should we we kind of glossed over, but yeah, Bernard and Stubbs are back from the previous episode because again, I guess Bernard is like is Bernard a, var- a variable or does is Dolores knows what Bernard's going to do and that's why she needs him? Uh, I mean, I guess it's she knows what he's going to do because they even said in that other episode, like, oh, things are a little ahead of schedule, like when Bernard shows up. So is he going to play his part or is he going to break off a bit? I guess we'll see. But then we deal with, of course, William in this. But now we have all the Williams. I mean, that was 
even though I like I like William and I like Ed Harris, I was kind of glossing over a little bit while this was happening. I do want to read a couple excerpts from an interview with Ed Harris speaking about Westworld. Okay. Uh, let me see. Do I Go still have it. it here? Okay. Uh, the show has preserved the mystery of whether William could be a host. And this episode doesn't definitely re- uh, definitively resolve it. Is that something Lisa Joy and D- Jonathan Nolan have told you definitively? And he's like, ah, they pretty much leave it up in the air. Being a person who enjoys doing theater and making it new and fresh every night, I just as soon know the full arc of my character. But unfortunately, I do not. <laughs> uh, so it's just revealed to you episode by episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um, in this episode, William's treatment includes what looks like a clockwork orange-style torture of you being strapped down to manhandled. What was it like filming that? Ah, you do what you got to do. I mean, I signed, <laughs> signed on to play the man in black. I didn't sign on to play the man in white. So it wasn't the most joyous season for me, I got to say. Uh, oh the character's gone on in such a dark place. It must be hard to embody. Eh, it's not so hard to embody. But it's hard to feel like something I'm really enjoying doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love that. (laughs) So he's, Um, I love that he's kind of frustrated. I feel like he's doing good work. I do, I like what he brings to it. But to his point, I I feel like, yeah, it's got to be frustrating because they they are kind of changing it each year, which is fine. It's fine if a show does that, but then it starts to feel very unfocused. You got to hide that. Well, not that Breaking Bad changed every year, but, you know, the writers speak about how there are things that they found as they were discussing story and planning things out that seemed like they were planned and they weren't. And Mm. Westworld's not doing a great job at that, really. Um, And if he's trying to do this character, he's probably so sick of always having to be like, who am I? What am I? Oh, my God. And then he doesn't (laughs) even know. So, yeah. And it's years between the seasons for everyone watching. So it's like, what? Because, you know, I I, I came into this season like, wait, was did we have reason to think he was a host? Like, what is I don't know. Is he a one or is he just mad because he killed his daughter? Was his daughter a host? Like, you're just trying to remember this shit. And uh, it doesn't help like. Him in a room talking to all his. Yep, I don't know what therapy he's uh, learning, but I feel like he's getting the wrong, uh, the wrong lesson from this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the moment of him, like in his therapy moment, in his Melfi scene, basically, when yeah. his Melfi gets the the news. Like, it's kind of, it's just. It's a nice way to see how like the the ripples are affecting everyone, and I kind of like at the end the reveal that like, you know, shit's gone to hell, and they just kind of left him there, and he's been in his fucking in his uh in his weird therapy moment, destroying all his previous selves. Like I I, I do like how that plays out, uh, but it's still tough to from a story point of view to like or like a viewer. To be like, you know, okay, what is the point? Like, where are we going now? What is happening here? Yeah. Yeah, and like, I felt it was a little bit over the top when his therapist just immediately kills herself in her office. Uh, but I guess oh, why, go, yeah. why, why go half measures, I suppose. But it just <laughs> may, means that the therapy that we're watching him do is less about the actual exploration of his mind and more about what's going to happen to him as society falls apart. And we don't really get to see that. Instead, we're like, oh, we're supposed to care about him exploring his brain in this chair in this AR thing. 
and uh, even though everything is falling apart and there's a shoot-up ha out happening in the other storyline, I, I don't know. I just don't care so much about him being really mad at his past selves and so on. And also, he's, like, immediately, like, uh, I was never like that as a child. And then it immediately goes, like, why did you kill all those birds or whatever, William? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you clearly were. Like, <laughs> again, doesn't give him much three-dimensionality. But that, I believe, at least. Like, I would, like... It's interesting you're talking about villains in this because Sorok is so black and white and William's gone from like he was, you know, Sorok of season one. He knew everything that was going to happen. He's played this game a million times and he just wants, you know, something weird out of it that we don't understand. And then now he he has been with us. He's gone through Westworld. He's been through so much Westworld that he has no idea what the fuck's going on anymore. So he doesn't have a clear motivation. <laughs> Wait, it, it's really so amazing how... I mean, I guess it makes sense now that we're in the real world, but it felt like, obviously, when we're in the park in season one, that the park is so important, but it feels like such a thing that it affects nothing. Like, even Ciroc, like, he doesn't give a shit about, like, I guess the whole thing is that they're trying to save the hosts, right? Because he's just trying to get the data, but it almost yeah. even feels like even the data that they got is still somewhat secondary. Like he doesn't give a shit that, that much about it at all. And like, no one really cares that there's artificial intelligence on the park. I guess it makes sense, but it's just funny from a viewer's standpoint, being in this real world where no one gives a fuck about it. Yeah. Yeah. We got enough real people running around. Who cares if they can make extra people just shut it down, burn yeah. all, I guess. Uh, I mean, and the, there's this whole thing with William's blood. They find something in his blood, but then later they're mentioning something about someone's blood, but I couldn't tell if they were talking about Dennehy or William's blood. Was William's blood the key to what they were doing here, or were they talking about someone else? Or is the William's blood thing supposed to be like, is he a host? I don't even remember that bit. I, I know that... Um like Dolores obviously has like the key to Shangri-La in her brain where all the other hosts went, I guess on like a, in, in like a different robot dimension of the cloud, um, where everyone is, which again is one thing that, uh, we're supposed to somehow care about when Maeve and Dolores have a little chat there in the virtual reality. And it's like, okay, so they're basically having that, that conversation. It felt like her and Maeve in order to justify why they're on different sides here. It's not really like a conversation. It's more like, ah, it's like to justify what's going on. It feels like at least. Uh, but no, I don't really remember the William Blood thing, to be honest. There's a thing at the very beginning when they take his blood and then we see it get run through the computer and the computer pops up like an alert. Like it says like an anomaly or it says something detected. But I think they mentioned something about using someone's blood to get into Delos. So maybe that's what it was. Or it's just hinting that he's a host. I guess. Whatever. Now, is there something more to this extra gift? I guess they hint. I guess there is someone else coming, right? I mean, I know she kills. Dolores kills Maeve's boyfriend, which, or whatever he is, which who cares? I've seen the guy die a million times. Doesn't matter. But then she does see a body coming out. Is that supposed to be the empty husk of that guy or is that supposed to be someone else? Um, so when she was like, oh, I've got an extra gift. Yeah. The next scene is when they go downstairs and Dolores it's, oh, is there. It's Dolores. And they, okay. 
Yeah, so they plugged in her consciousness just so they could have a heart-to-heart and she could try to get under her skin or get some more information or whatever. I suppose that's what I assumed it was. Though I just assumed she was in to get, like, get the rider guy, get the bandit guy. Yeah, let's get the gang back together. Uh, but Is no, she going to have... Well, is she going to use that Dolores copy then? Because it felt like at the end, when it shows someone being, like, built which I guess is just the empty husk of that dead guy. Is she going to put a Dolores copy in him? Mm. And we'll have another Dolores copy? I I thought we would get a writer guy, but writer guy obviously isn't a true AI, I guess. He's just based on readings of the real human before he died, um, and which is the data that they want to get, or uh, Ciroc wants to get on all the rich people or whatever, which, again, I don't... I guess that will help him stabilize this thing because, you know, we, we get the graphic showing that because all the information is released, everything's going to shit. But it, I feel like in this episode anyway, it starts to realign and, and you know, new predictions come in. So he, And he doesn't seem that worried. But I assume that's supposed to be his motivation for getting the data so he can plug it in, right? And then, you know, the ball sack's going to go into overdrive and we're going to know everything. It's going to be fine. Uh Right? Yeah. Uh, but nice. I thought they were going to print the writer guy anyway. Uh, who knows? <laughs> that would be great. Could use more writer guy. <laughs> yeah. Favorite character. Uh, and then, yeah, through then through the rest, we have, the of course, Charlotte, uh, where, you know, it, it is... I do like seeing that the Doloreses are different because they're having different experiences, living different lives, Um so and now is it thought then that Dolores is the one that tries to kill herself here because she understands that she's different, or is this supposed to be thought that someone else, like Sirak or someone else, did it here, or does it even matter? What do you mean, the car explosion? Yes. Oh, uh, so you're asking if it's like Dolores Prime doing it? Yes. To hail Dolores. I had that thought as well, but there's some shady guy right there after the explosion, and he looks like one of Ciroc's dudes. Yeah. So I assumed it was supposed to be Ciroc, uh, as, which, you know, is is fine. I also thought it might be Dolores uh, or something, but I, I similarly, I had the thought of like, whoa, he well, guess there's no more Charlotte Hale, but then she kicks it out, and I, I, I didn't mind that, because now it's like Dolores, but this Dolores is going to be hell-bent on vengeance for a family that wasn't even her own family, uh, which I think is kind of interesting, more interesting than just having Dolores guided by vague motivations to get the world the way she wants it and everything, which is what she usually does. So now I'm like, oh, interesting. Now it'll be that Dolores isn't, I think, going to be on Dolores Prime's side anymore. So that creates a new sort of dynamic there, what what she wants and what she's going for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I guess flipping through it here, uh, uh, Charlotte Dolores does take Dolores copy with her. So, yeah, there's no... There's no Dolores copy. So, yeah, I guess she's just looking at the husk of her love and, like, I guess more like, ah, revenge. Ah. Um, yes. They do a whole, I, I watched the whole, like, FX breakdown of um, the car explosion because you see, yeah. Jacob, they couldn't just blow up a car on that street. So no, they had to do it on a different street. Yeah, they did it on a parking lot and they did it with a Jeep, just a regular old Jeep with a bunch of X's on it so they could blow it up. And then they could paint over it with this futuristic car. And I'm like, you know what? Just do a digital explosion at that point. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought it looked good either way. Uh, so I was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, 
Uh, there is kind yeah, of. I, uh, I was going to say a quick little parallel. I mean, it's fast, but as Maeve is being rebuilt, she looks similar for a couple quick moments to uh, burnt up Charlotte Hale. So mm. now, are, they, are we going to just get a quick moment where she goes and heals herself, or are we going to have gnarly, nasty Freddy Krueger Charlotte Hale going for revenge for the rest of the episodes? <laughs> I fucking hope so. I hope for, my my <laughs> hope is for option B. And again, the whole Charlotte Hale like in Delos and all that. I kind of enjoyed that, uh, basically because I. Well, here's the one. Was, the one thing I didn't yeah. like is the, ha ha, you are a host. The last thing Charlotte would have done would have been checked on her child. Oh yeah, you know? that was dumb. <laughs> You can figure it out any of the other million ways. Yes. <laughs> that had to be the one. Yes, that was silly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just like the shootout stuff. I definitely checked out and the some big of it. the big robots. That was cool. No, the big robots looked like transformers, and they looked like shit. And nah. they were definitely digital effects. No, nah, they they were, were cool. great. I love the big nah. robots. I don't like the big robots no, as much. You're silly. I liked it more than her limp <laughs> that she was doing after she got shot. Such an overpronounced, yeah, her Frankenstein limp. Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, because she's Frankenstein. She is Frankenstein. Um, so just uh, recapping on the storylines that so Bernard goes and gets William. Is that right? Or does that not happen? That happens, right? Yeah, no, does Bernard's the one that, which is interesting because now we get Bernard with Stubbs and uh, William. So that's quite a trio right there. Yeah, buddy cop with a buddy cop trio. That, that'd be interesting. Uh, unlikely allies. Um so I guess we'll see where that goes for the next two episodes. Uh, yeah, I'm not too not too hyped on on this at the moment. I did enjoy seeing uh, Charlotte Hale uh, and her stump double in the FX thing afterwards. Uh, yeah, both looking really weird. That was cool, um, and some of the action was cool. And it's all about data, man. Yeah, it's all about data. It's all about the man in black. Where, I mean, it is interesting that they announced this week. Well, I mean, to date when we're recording it, but they announced that they they are approved for a season four because it does feel like things are headed for more of a conclusion than previously. I mean, like yeah. uh, the this the the people know that they're on a loop or whatever. The robots seem to be at a point where. They're going to have either their revolution or go off to their Shangri-La. Uh, it's just weird to think that they're like, no, let's do some more. Uh, but I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah, we won't I, see, but you'll see. <laughs> I remember from uh, like first season, they were already saying like, yeah, we got seven or eight seasons planned out. And at the time, I was like, Jesus, I hope they like, I, I don't know. I, 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 that doesn't fill me with confidence because whenever people say they have eight seasons or whatever planned out, it makes me feel like, okay, so you're not going to make the first season as good as it possibly can be because yeah. you're thinking about stuff too far down the line. You should just put all the cool stuff in the first season or the first film or the first book or whatever, uh, because Otherwise, people aren't going to care about the continuation. Now, to be fair, they kind of did that. So, <laughs> so well, uh, but yeah. also, like, so do we go back and tell these people they're liars now? Uh, I mean, I guess they're not liars. He did have things planned out, but he clearly didn't have this stuff planned out. 
Oh yeah, no, I mean, I think we probably even said in our on this podcast that you know they they've got notes. I'm sure they've you know written down a page or two on what they would would like to do. But everything always changes as you get into the process of actually writing it anyway. And you put in whatever you see in the news and whatever you pick up from other stories. And maybe you watch a film noir thing and you're like, hey, we should have a black and white section. Like it's just what happens naturally in writing. Sure. I think so. I don't think they're lying, but uh, well, but yeah. I think there's a difference though. Like I don't think there's even a shadow of some of the stuff they're doing and even did do in season two that that they had planned out when they're doing season one. And I mean, again, I guess that's not, I I can't hold that against them too much, but Mm. I guess it's just because it doesn't feel like things have gone to great quality lengths where it's like on one hand, if they're like, hey, you know, we clearly scrapped everything, but like, look at this great stuff we're making. Uh, yeah. but with the, the amount of kind of retcon and the amount of time they've had, it doesn't feel like they're delivering on the quality that they should. That's all I'll say. Well, I believe that if you and I went back in time and sat down with Mr. Nolan <laughs> and we were like, ha, you're a liar. He would just take, take out an envelope and hand it to us and we open it up and it goes, uh, Jesse Pinkman is in Westworld. And we're like, holy <laughs> shit, he knew all along. And then underneath it says, in 10 years, you will kill yourself by the seaside. And I'm like, oh, no, he did know everything all along. What was going to happen? Kid Cuddy's um, <laughs> on Westworld. Yeah. Um, so two episodes to go. That means there's one podcast for us left to do on this season. Maybe the final uh, podcast coverage we'll do of Westworld. I guess we'll see. Yep. Um, do you agree, disagree with our thoughts? Send them on to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Again, that's showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. You can also go to showswhatyouknow.com for uh, our website where we have all our other coverage of other shows that we uh, really like. For example, there's No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback where we're talking about uh, Cobra Kai and the whole Karate Kid franchise, which we're enjoying a lot. So, yes. you know, if you want to hear us uh, wax poetic and be really... Uh, positive maybe go over there uh anything else jim ah nah that about does it thank you so much Uh, (laughs) that about does it indeed goodbye (laughs) 